Rudenberg at U-R-S-U-L-A at Pacifica.org. That's U-R-S-U-L-A at Pacifica.org. I'm Suki Wessling in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. Thank you for listening and see you next week on Sprouts. Good morning, this is Disability Justice, an everyday pursuit and survival. Your host, John Griffiths. And Dina Wilder, board operator. KBOO is having their fresh off the vine fall drive. And we know that good soil is made with some good mycelium. Mycelium is the connection between different forms of life and I know that John Griffiths is a fantastic connector between people in the disability community and disability justice and everyday pursuit in survival John's interviews provide you a way next to those John has connected to so I encourage you to go to KBOO KBOO's website and click on the big red donate button and you can go there to give a donation to fund all the programs of KBOO and other connectors in the community. John Griffiths and I attended the Inclusive Leadership Summit September 19th, 2023 in Salem, Oregon. Bringing together Oregon's self-advocates, family members, professionals, and state leaders to learn, celebrate, and collaborate. Gabrielle Godon, Executive Director of Oregon Self-Advocacy Coalition, facilitated the day's events. We had a number of topics. Each table was responsible for discussing and putting up their information on boards, which are being collected by OSAC, and eventually we will get to see that listing of all of our ideas. The topics included self-advocacy, civic advocacy, mental health, health equity, and housing. The day began with a presentation by Kelly McCauley, a self-advocate, giving us a talk about elevating the voices of self-advocates. Later in the day, John interviewed Kelly, and you can hear that interview here. Hello there, my name is Kelly McCauley, and I am I'm from Corvallis, Oregon, so Benton County. Corvallis, Oregon, and I am a self-advocate on the Spark Advocacy Group, which is based out in Monmouth. 
Um, SPARC stands for Self-Protection and Rights Advocacy Council. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I'm, I'm also on the Oregon Council for People with Developmental Disabilities. Any other organizations you might happen to be a part of? I'm part of the Advisory Council for OHSU, as well as doing mental health trainings with OHSU. Wow. Um, what is your local self-advocacy group working on in the way of advocacy? So right now, Spark just filled out a grant from the Fairview Housing Trust which would hopefully fund our next SEED conference, and that stands for Self Enrichment, Empowerment, and Diversity. And where is that going to be held? We don't know yet. We're still in the very early planning stages. Are you, are you guys thinking in person, or are you going to do it on Zoom? In person. Oh. We're uh, hoping at the Best Western Hotel in Newport. Me and Dina hope to be there. I mean, I hope to be there at the very least, along with many uh, of our um, self-advocate or SATA members hoping to be there. What we are hoping to accomplish is talking about housing if we get the money from the grant from the Fairview Housing Trust. And we're hoping that it will allow us to build new units and homes for people with disabilities. And when you say, um, so... Uh, getting a grant from the Fairview Trust and and you're going to build accessible homes? We hope so, yes. I was wondering, now this is something I just recently discovered. Uh, apparently there is a program out there and other states have this, but for some unknown reason, Oregon does not. And I don't know why. But apparently a person can take their Section 8 voucher and turn it into a mortgage if the county fills out the proper federal papers to, to enable a person who is getting a Section 8 to be able to turn it into a mortgage and purchase a home. Have you guys thought about um, investigating this and seeing if... I would love to. I would love to, too. Don't let me tell you, it's one of the first things I'm be asking Mount County. What are you guys... Um, what, what have you gotten out of, you know conference here, the Leader Summit conference here. I've made many good connections in hopes that we can go further on the housing. Um, I got to see some friends from the council and other you guys. Uh-huh. See us all in person. Yeah. Across him. Yeah. And are you connecting up with Jennifer Knapp? Yes. I know that Community Vision is a very strong advocate when it comes to housing, affordable, rental, whatever. I mean, they're just really strong advocates around housing. I've connected with Jennifer Knapp as well as Anna Lensky. What are your future hopes when it comes to advocacy? I mean, you guys going to continue with the housing? Or are you guys going to branch out to something different? Right now we're focusing on our next Spark meeting, which is this Thursday. We're going to be talking about voting rights. Uh-huh. And then we do that every year. Housing for sure. What I'm more, most passionate about is mental health. As a person who has their own mental health issues, it's definitely an area I want to see some improvement on. Me too. Excuse me. 
And uh, I was kind of curious. I am. Uh, this might not have been you, but I heard somebody in the audience, and they were way off to the side, and they were talking about how they wanted to get married, but they couldn't get married because of marriage penalty difficulties with SSI. Was that you? No. No. But well, I, I agree. I agree. It. We should advocate for it. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Um. Yeah. Thanks for coming to the program and letting us interview you and giving us permission and then talking to us. Uh, you know, I'm John Griffiths. I'm the host of Disability Justice and Everyday Pursuit and Survival. And of course, this is Dina, my uh, editor. It was nice to be here. Some of the ideas that were written up on the boards developed from the groups for the day included under the topic of self-advocacy. Items were share our experience with non-disabled people about living in a world not built for us, training and professional development for advocates making sure advocates are involved in all steps of planning, educate on people's rights, such as marriage and choice, choice of where to live, educate professionals on self-advocacy so that they can bring awareness of self-advocacy to those that they support, cultural diversity in who presents information and increase opportunities for higher education. Under the topic of civic advocacy, items that were written on this board included simplify the process to testify or give testimony and access legislative bills, arrange transportation to go to Salem, videotape testimony if one is uncomfortable with written or presented in front of others, work with committee chairs to hold extra time for panel testimony from self-advocates to reduce pressure. Under the topic of mental health, items that were written on the board included educate providers on dual diagnosis of IDD or intellectually developmentally disabled and mental health and trauma-informed care. Ensure mental health professionals are not discriminating based on an IDD diagnosis. Give first responders education on IDD and provides kits on stimming. Provide support groups for I the IDD community, including support groups on intersectionality, anxiety, depression, addiction, grief, and abandonment. Promote dignity of risk practice so people can build resiliency. Mental health needs to get as much attention as physical health increase accessible outdoor experiences to help people gain mental health through outdoors, create a disability helpline in multiply accessible formats, build acceptance of all ways to de-stress, including acceptance of stimming, having support animals, even if it's a stuffed animal, accept all forms of de-stressing even if it's not considered age-appropriate. John was able to interview a couple of self-advocates 
during the networking breaks and you can listen to the interview here. My name is Eric Thompson. I have autism. I'm uh, the I'm Sergeant Arms of OSAC and also the leader of the Jackson County Self-Advocates in Medford, Oregon, and I approve you uh, for using this. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. So, Eric, what are you working on in your local self-advocacy group? Well, there are three things. I like to involve uh, activities, um, service in the community, and also learning a new skill. Ooh. Which skills are you guys trying to practice? Well, anything. Um, I've usually had a list of all of them, but yeah, there, there's a lot of presenters who come and uh, talk about um, interesting things. I think one time uh, they talked about the uh, uses of uh, phone scams and uh, how to handle that. Um, I believe um, Sarah Davis, um, who happens to be my support person, knows more about each of those activities, which have happened for the last, I don't know, 15 years, I think. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, and I actually um, created the Jackson County Self-Advocates uh, group. But because of COVID, um, we just had to be using social distancing. So uh-huh. that's one thing we want, is to be together in person. Yeah, so, well, so do we. In our local group, all right. What have you gotten out of the leadership summit thus far? I mean, we're only into the second session, but what do you think so far? I think it's really interesting that um, we're talking about self-advocacy, what that means, and also uh, legislation. Um, Anyone with a disability should be involved in a group, um, no no matter what. Um, Everyone can advocate for themselves, and... I, I strongly believe that um, legislators should, should know how, how people with disabilities feel and that they should advocate for themselves. They should have all the support that they need through an ISP or IEP um, and um, become the self-advocates that they're meant to be. I agree with that. I mean, yeah, our self-advocacy group is always working on trying to get people to come out of their shells and start talking about their problems and their issues and bringing it out to where it needs to go so that we can get changes to make our lives better. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that answer. That's, that's a good answer, yes. Okay, yeah, is there an advocacy issue you're most passionate about? I mean, any one specific thing you can think of, marriage penalty, um, asset limits, um, Mm-hmm. Housing, perhaps, maybe? Uh, yeah, I think I've heard that uh, some people with disabilities have had the issue of not having the um, support that they need from, or finding the uh, staff person who, who qualifies for their um, uh, qualities. Um, it's also frustrating, and I've also experienced it and told them um, that when a staff member has left, I, I like to know beforehand um, when they have left so that I'm, I'm not wandering. And it, it confused me. I, I kind of went into funk um, because cause I didn't know what happened. But um, yeah, I think uh, people with disabilities should, should know what, um, 
when that happens, what should be done, um, or at least that they are, they're told, because if I don't know, then I'm always asking questions. Yeah, the provider crisis has been one of the biggest issues in our community, and it's just something that's not just in Portland. I mean, it kind of spreads out. It doesn't matter which county you're in. I mean, it's it's a huge issue, and we're really working on that. I've lost, like, in the last two, two, three months, I've lost staff because they've got laid off. Or, so I know, I know it. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's I not mean, just Portland, it's like Eugene, yeah. Eugene too. So That's that's a huge issue. <laughs> and, and parents should also um, not have the burden of being the mm-hmm. support professional mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. is a lot of work on their part. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, yeah, no one needs to, no parent needs to um, have that happen to them, but it's important that that people with disabilities also have their own IEP or ISPs because it helps them remember um, not only how how best to support them but also that they can set the um, path that or their set their uh, boundaries and um, wishes and goals um, for for how they're supposed to be supported and and also uh, being able to live their hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if your parents are like your supporters, you know, some of some people with intellectual disabilities want to move away from their parents and achieve more freedom and independence. So it's, it's always a good thing. You know, Eric, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, talking to us and, and telling us, uh, you, you know, what, 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 you, uh, what you guys are doing in Jackson County. I got it right, Jackson County, right? That's right. Yeah, I want to tell. You, I want to thank you for doing that. It's very rare when I can get outside of Portland and actually talk to people outside of Portland, and it's kind of nice to know that we got similar prop. We got different problems, and we got similar problems. So, I mean, you know, really, really like talking to you, and I do hope that in some future way, in some future time. I'll be able to interview again, probably by Zoom or something like that, if yeah, not possible. Absolutely. All right. And you know, I, thanks for coming on my show. No problem. Also with me today in the uh, studio, or whatever you want to call this, <laughs> is uh, Devin. And Devin, you mind giving us an interview? Or I mean, do you mind uh, giving us an introduction and uh, yeah. permission to put your yeah. I give you permission. My name is Devin Ackley. I'm the treasurer of OZAC, plus also was just nominated for treasurer of People People First of Eugene. So I'm treasuring both uh, both of the self advocacy groups that I'm involved in. And just out of curiosity, People First of Eugene. Is there any chance y'all kind of developed from uh, the people first uh, back in Fairview, or is that completely different? Did you guys are you guys completely different from that? I think maybe that's where like we got the got the name from, but yeah, it's, okay. it's um, no, people and the group haven't been to Fairview. Or maybe a couple of them lived there before, but there. <laughs> but I think that's where they got the name from. It was 
people first was from Fairview. <laughs> All right. And uh, what is your group presently working on in the way of advocacy? Uh, right now advocacy? we just started back up because of COVID. So right now we're just getting together, trying to get things started. So we're not really working on anything at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any future plan for, like, future advocacy? Right, so hopefully someday we might go do, like, their different day, day trips. And, and Yeah. And, um... Potentially head down to Washington, D.C., make a few complaints? I don't know about that far, but... <laughs> and uh, what have you... Uh, gotten out of the um, abacus, our leaderships um, well I, I guess I started from listening to other people this, they have some people have the same like concerns about me that I have like with me and my um, partner we had like a tw almost 29 years ago February tw February 11th be uh, 29 years that we had our um commitment ceremony but we like we hoping like a lot of other people that someday we can get legally married and but <laughs> we we all kind of hoping that someday people with disabilities but when but when we were like when we were um we're talking about getting married and stuff they said well if you got legal married one of us or maybe both of us can't remember but one of us would um, lose our benefit for a hundred, hundred eight. So that's why we decided to do what we did. But we hopefully someday it could change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you and many other people I know. Yeah, I could see I like two of you, other people in the conversation we just had were talking. Yeah. Talking about the same thing. <laughs> Lots of people that me and Laddie interact with are also talking about that same thing. It's yeah. <laughs> completely inhuman to have us not be able to get married mm -hmm. if we want to get married. Right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we shouldn't be penalized for it either. Right? No. So, no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um... Yeah, what are your what are your advocacy passions? I mean, other than uh, removing the marriage penalty, you got any others like I mean, housing or? Well, right now, me and my partner are rent renting, but I mean, someday it might be nice to maybe have a chance to own own our own house. <laughs> And you also said that you guys were having problems with uh, getting caregivers, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, direct staff is what they call it in my program. But yes, because they support staff because like we had lost, oh, we lost uh, direct staff, support staff in June because she got laid off and then just recently we lost another one for the same same reason because <laughs> she she got laid off too so but yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah you did under you did it was you did understand that right yes <laughs> we are having a hard time keeping staff yes <laughs> i do wish i, I mean I, I do hope that somehow 
the caregiver crisis just gets better for all of us. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. Hmm. I, I can really feel for that one. I hate losing, especially when you lose somebody that you've been around for like three or five years. To lose a long-termer is just devastating. Or that, or like my case, like the one in June was just only a couple, or even the one recently was like only a couple of months working with us. With, uh, so. <laughs> It was less than, like you said, less than five years. It's like only a couple months, and yeah. and then we lost. They lost their jobs. So. Well, so. Let's cross our fingers and really hope things change around. Yeah. You know, Devin, I want to thank you for coming on my radio show. Yeah. Um, it's really a, quite an opportunity to get out here in the larger area. I mean, this summit has given me the opportunity to step out yeah. and talk to you all from different counties mm-hmm. and different, uh, you, know, you guys have different things going on in your life than we do in in the Tri-County area, yeah. know, big city and, and rural areas are just, mm-hmm. we, we have many similarities, but we also have a few differences that right. we advocate for, yeah. Right? Right. yeah. And so thanks for coming on. I hope to have you on again, perhaps, you know, via Zoom, yeah. if at all possible. Yeah. I mean, both of you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I really appreciate the two of you coming out and, and, and talking to me. Yeah. Sorry if I took up your time. Hopefully we haven't missed anything. (laughs) During the Inclusive Leadership Summit held in Salem on September 19, 2023, put on by Oregon Self-Advocate Coalition, on the board for housing, items included create more accessible kitchens, bedrooms, and bathrooms, simplify the voucher Section 8 waitlist process, connect Section 8 as part of other services, make it more permittable to build mother-in-law cottages or ADUs, create a postcard or newsletter to get information out there about housing for accessible and affordable housing, turn Section 8 vouchers into mortgages, create more community co-op housing options, Service coordinators and personal agents need more education and access to housing lists. Create more supported living services. Allow the internet to become a utility and be included in the rent. At the summit on the board for health equity, people had written, normalize in-home health for routine and preventative care as an accommodation training for guardians on understanding their roles in healthcare for adults so that they understand what they are able to authorize or not. Educate medical interpreters in languages like ASL. Create more inclusive community-based wellness programs. Make advanced directives and posts easier to complete with no ableist language. Educate the medical field on diversity of needs include alternative medicine and therapies with OHP and Medicaid. Emergency preparedness training should be trauma-informed. You have been listening to a list of recommendations that participants at the Inclusive Leadership Summit held in Salem, Oregon on September 19, 2023 came up with in their different groups after being inspired by different guest speakers that day. 
you have also been able to listen to some of those advocates talk to John Griffiths, the host, in an interview. If you want to hear more programs from Disability Justice, we encourage you to donate now to kboo.fm. Click on the big red donate button, or there's also a orange pumpkin that you can click on as well, because KBOO is doing fresh off the vine fall drive during this month of October. We hope you will donate and support programs like ours. That's the end of Disability Justice. Since we cannot be fully aware of everybody's difficulties within the community, we would really like it if you would send us your email, disabilityjustice at kboo.org. Listening to KBOO Portland. KBOO's annual fall membership drive is just getting started, and now's a great time to become a member of KBOO. Go to kboo.fm slash give or text KBOO to 44321 right now. Your donation will be matched dollar for dollar up to $14,000, thanks to the generous support of a group of anonymous donors. Join the KBOO family today and help us meet our $55,000 fall drive goal. All the cool kids are doing it. Hey, yo, this is Cliffing. You're listening to KBOO. 
Man, welcome to Earth Riot Radio.